When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. I was fully expecting you to say your name during the interview. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's Alan, Ryan, and Devin, and it freaks me out when it's not to the point where if it's just Ryan and I, we have to go, I'm Devin, I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin, just to make <laughs> me feel like it's okay. That's great. Uh, <laughs> good job. I, I, I will I take it from it. here. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about Devin's pick, the 2001 film Moulin Rouge, because Ewan McGregor... If we didn't talk about him enough last week, we're going to talk about, about him some more this week. Um, but before we get to that, we've got some business business to take care of. First of all, I want to thank everyone who came out to Main Street Comic Con in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania this past weekend. We gave away a lot of stuff, and I'm glad we were able to give a lot of it away <laughs> because it like I wanted to give it away, and I'm glad I'm glad it went over well. We we met some very cool people. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Ryan, how did you like your first con experience as an exhibitor? It was fun. It, it, uh, it, it definitely a different side of things being there as everyone's setting up, uh, mm-hmm. talking to, you know, the, the, uh, the participants t- t- to the left and, uh, well for us to the right of us and behind us, yeah, <laughs> which was fun. So do you yeah, guys we- have any, anyone cool next to you? Like who was around you? Uh, I want to get their name right, so give me a second. Uh, Panda Designs was next to us, and there are the artists who ma- I bought something from last year for Ryan. His uh, Wharf of Wall right Street here, poster. <laughs> he does custom matchups of uh, different, uh, what's it called? Uh, I guess fandoms or IPs. just different show IPs. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> And then he also does... Some goofy stuff, not just crossovers, but plays on words. <laughs> Being a dyslexic, I absolutely love this. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to have George on the show to, uh, in the future to talk about his graphic novel, Fat Man. Um, so that's going to be exciting. So stay tuned for that. We met some other cool people at the con um, that we're going to be doing some collabs with here in the future. So Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and we can't wait until our next convention. Uh, I feel like at some point we're going to have to travel to London and do a convention there. You'll have Devin. to. Guys, come on. There, We have conventions here. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I learned. I, I'm slowly learning British words for things. For example, I learned today that flea market is actually a car boot sale. So maybe conventions are called something else and something silly here. Who knows? car boot sale a flea boot, market's yeah. called a car boot. i mean it makes yeah. sense because the stuff comes from the boot or the trunk of the car well so that makes yeah. sense traditionally I they'll just it. back their cars up open the trunk or open the boot and that's where you, you just buy from their boot which okay. so wow. a bunch of sh- so basically a bunch of shady high schoolers selling stuff in the parking lot i can't wait to go ryan <laughs> <laughs> i'm counting the hours uh let's move on to our first segment of the show each week we talk about things that we've just watched in the past week that we want to talk about that we're excited about Devin, you've been gone for two weeks what have you been watching i've been watching the latest season of umbrella academy um, me too have you okay did you finish it i did not finish it i am only three episodes in i've been saying okay. here compared <laughs> compared to stranger things we're pacing ourselves um because Stranger Things doesn't come out until Friday, so we have to have something to fill in that that gap. So <laughs> void in our lives. What are yeah. you guys? How are you guys liking it so far? Just going off of the first three episodes, mm-hmm. I'm sad that every episode doesn't open with a Footloose dance number. Okay, good. <laughs> Me too. 
so like, Umbrella Academy for me is one of those shows that I enjoy, but mm-hmm. as soon as it's over, I forget everything about it. And then yeah. I was getting into this new season. They do the introduction of the Sparrow Academy. And then we're back with the Umbrella Academy. I was like, why did I like this show again? Like I, I, it was, <laughs> like, I had trouble getting back into it. And then the dance number happened. I was like, oh yeah, this is that show. Like, <laughs> and I was immediately back on board. I was like, let's do this. Like I am all in for Umbrella Academy. Um, have you guys gotten to the episode that contains House of the Rising Sun? No. No. Be on the lookout for House of the Rising Sun because there's an episode that begins and ends with it. It begins with the standard cover of House of the Rising Sun. And my favorite, favoritest part of it is it ends with House of the Rising Sun, Jeremy Renner's cover, which okay. is a weird, weird version of the song. Wait, Jeremy Renner from Jeremy Renner, the app? Jeremy Renner? <laughs> Wait, there's an app? He had his own app at one point. <laughs> what did it do? It just gave you like different clips and like insights into his life. It was like his own little social media thing without being oh. social media. Yeah. Maybe he, that was like the, the notification song on the app or something. That would have been cool. Maybe. Uh, Rose. No, that's cool. Um, but no, Ryan, what have you thought of this season so far? I, I don't know yet. Yeah. Okay. To be honest. Um, is the last thing. Yeah. Uh, like I, I like parts of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely all up on the footloose thing as you two guys are. Uh, oh, I apparently. Loved it. I mean, it was fine. I mean, I, I kind of like the mannequin, uh, little <laughs> hallucination better. Yeah. Um, well, that whole sequence was great. Oh yeah. No, no, oh, yeah. no. The whole sequence as a whole was was good. It's just I need to see the rest of it before. That's fair. I uh, yeah, because I mean, this was a show that Kristen really liked. This mm-hmm. is one of the few superhero shows that that she actually likes watching. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, at the third episode though, and and what she's into and mm-hmm. like what she likes in shows, I totally get why she had this reaction. She's letting me watch the rest of the series before she probably picks it back up again. Sure. If it makes you feel better for the first, I'd say three episodes, maybe four. I would watch one a day. I would watch it and go, okay, good. I'm satisfied. I've seen Umbrella Academy. I don't need to keep watching. Only recently have I now been like, no, no, I really want to see what happens next. Let's just watch the next episode. And that's only been for the last, I think, four. I'm on episode seven now. Okay. So... I, I, so you you haven't finished I think it it's good. I haven't, no, but okay. what I've seen is really good, and it makes me realize how much I just like the characters, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a, a quick uh, thing that I noticed in the first three episodes, I really like Luther this season. Like, I yeah. don't know why, but, like, they, I don't know what they changed about his character, but I really like Luther this season. I don't know if he's just concussed I, or what, but... No. I think that's what it is because he's over trying to be the leader at this point and he's just being himself Mm -hmm. and he's better that way. Um, But my favorite, and I can't remember the names right now, but well, I mean, Diego is my favorite character. The whole show so far, but my second, the other two characters I uh, I'm invested in is the hippie. I forget his name. Klaus. 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 And, Mm -hmm. um, Klaus and uh, Victor. Victor, yeah. I really, yeah. Li- I'm really happy yeah. with how they did the transition for Me Victor. Too. Yeah, um, it, it was absolutely, it was perfect. I don't, they could, they could not have done that better. Yeah, no. and I, but in episode three, there's a moment where uh, Luther doesn't know about it, and he's <laughs> like, "What else did I miss?" Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm glad they're able to like make. Not 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 make fun of it, but make make use it for humorous reasons, like char- with character reactions, but still be respectful with the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it, watch the rest of it. So I've got a few days yeah. until Stranger Things Volume Two comes out. So I, I keep forgetting that's on Friday. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, uh, Ryan. How about you? What have you watched? Um, I don't talk about Beavis and Butthead a lot. But Beavis and Butthead was 
like that show when it was first on that I would sneak to like watch behind my parents back because I thought it was the funniest thing. It's bathroom mm-hmm. humor. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, it's just it's I'm going to turn off my brain and watch something funny. That's what Beavis and Butthead is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite go to like stupid movies is their first movie. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do America and they finally came out with Beavis and Butthead do the universe Um, it's not as good as do America but it is still classic Beavis and Butthead so it's still good for (laughs) fans out there Um, they do time travel they do dimensions they uh, there are alternate dimensions in this there's time travel done in this has to do with the cia and nasa um okay it is it it's entertaining uh-huh and it's worth and watching and i really want to do it for the show unless okay. you guys want to run off and watch no, I'll it now. no i'll do it no i'll do it i've never i've never seen beavis and butthead do america that's a shame that's a very good beavis and butthead uh, movie. i've see the show that I had to sneak around my parents to watch was The Simpsons. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I've watched <laughs> The Simpsons a lot. Yeah. Um, so how much of the multiverse and time traveling stuff in this was just a ripoff of Rick and Morty? Because looking at the poster <laughs> for this, it looks like a ripoff of Rick and Rick and Morty. It's it's honestly not. OK, is it at all? Because... Can you see the influence of that in this at all? No. Like Mike Judge being just like, I'm going to get some of that Rick and Morty money. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, no, okay. no, no, and okay. no. I okay. Mean, no, Mike, that's fine. Mike. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, how everything happens is like the first part of this movie prior to them doing the whole time travel thing is just a classic Beavis and Butthead episode. That is it. Like the first 20, 25 minutes it could just be an episode from like 1994 good and that's why i love this so much and then after that it's a full-blown movie mm-hmm. um and it's just craziness after craziness happens afterwards but yeah and then it's a beavis and butthead movie so the movie ends and they're on their couch watching tv so you know it's a perfect it's a perfect beavis and butthead storyline okay i I almost never think about Beavis and Butthead ever, ever until it's like presented in front of me like this. I may have to watch it. If you're going to do it for the podcast then I'm going to hold off on watching it specifically to do this for the podcast, because yeah, I, I, I now remember having memories of Beavis and Butthead growing up and I guess I do need to watch this movie now. Well, I think what I'm going to do is do what I have been doing with for stuff. So I'm first going to do, do America first. So Alan can catch up on it a little bit. I sure. mean, you, you could always do a double yeah. feature with the animated okay, thing. It's a, I feel like okay. the, I feel like a lot of the, the, the things that we'll talk about will carry mm-hmm. over with this mm-hmm. into both yeah. films. Cause I, yeah. I don't have much familiarity with Beavis and Butthead at all. Okay. Um, except for, Two weeks ago, when it was just you and me on the show. Hey, oh, uh, <laughs> see what you did there. Um, so yeah, I would say do a double feature, and uh, okay, yeah, I would be happy with that because remember, that's always an option, guys. It well, is that's going to be happening yeah. sooner rather than later, so okay, because <laughs> it's, a, it's a good summer movie, it just is. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's great, okay, um. I haven't really we talked about what I've been watching, which is Umbrella Academy. Yeah. But I, I need I need to be honest with you guys. I almost canceled today's show. Just Why? so I could be in front of my TV right now watching the new season of Only Murders in the Building. The gun. <laughs> I I know I, I haven't watched it yet. Uh there are two episodes out right now that I am absolutely watching right after we finish this. I cannot wait for this. I've been waiting like this is like of all the things that have come out this summer, this is the one I've surprisingly been most excited for. Like I've avoided everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot wait to watch more of this show because it is one of my favorite new shows on television from last season. So how fast was the turnaround for this show? I feel like it, we just ended the season like last winter. Is that I've, right? 
I feel like, well, they were in production during COVID. So I feel like they had some time in between production. Uh, so the finale was in October and then they started of, this year. of 2021. Year. Yeah. So wow. it was, it was pretty fast, but they Im- like immediately after the show wrapped, like they went back into production. Oh, right wow. After, right, like, so they started filming again in November. So for a television show, that's not crazy. Okay. Because, because it's not like they're adding lightsabers and Darth Vader's <laughs> breathing effects or anything. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the new season. I, I don't know what happens to Martin Short, but... Uh, <laughs> it could take a weird turn. It, it could. I mean, to, be, to be fair, some of the editing that they did in season one was really, really good and really mm-hmm. creative. So I'm really excited to see where they go with the season. Yeah, so there's going to be a point this summer where I'm going to have... Like I'm still gonna have shows to watch every day of the week because I'll have this. I'll have Better Call Saul. Um, right. Westworld just came back, which I I guess I could have talked about, but I have nothing really <laughs> to say. It's one another one of those shows that I just forget about once it's over and then I get back into it. Um, yeah. But they time jump seven years, so. Oh, but aren't they robots? So it doesn't matter. It. it I, I, I don't even know who's robots on that show anymore. All, <laughs> all, all I do know is I know people who worked on that show this year. So I'm excited oh, wow. to see, see some of the stuff that they did. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing tonight. So if we could uh, speed this along guys, it's uh, I've, I've got. Rouge is weird. Great. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think that that does it for our, we watch the segment. Let's get right into it. Um, and talk about today's main topic, the 2001 Baz Luhrmann film, Moulin Rouge. Now, before we get into the topic, let's talk about why we picked this one for the this time. Because last weekend, Elvis uh, premiered in theaters, mm-hmm. directed by Baz Luhrmann, who directed this. Mm-hmm. Um and we talked about Obi-Wan Kenobi ending last week. This is supposed to be last week's episode, but Devin couldn't make it, so we pushed it back a week. Before we get too deep into Moulin Rouge, yeah, what do you guys think of what you've seen of Elvis? None of us have seen it in theaters, but what are your impressions no. from any trailers or anything that you've seen? I'm really excited to see it. I really am. They have a band uh, that won Eurovision last year, Monoskin, doing a song for it, and I'm very Ooh. excited to see it, mostly to that. see Monoskin. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. But okay. it looks... It looks cool. It doesn't look as Baz Luhrmann-y as it could look, but it looks cool. Part of, part of me wonders if that's just the marketing, though. Could be. Could be. Brian, how about you? It looks good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when it comes to, uh, I guess, this recent trend of bi- of you know, of like music biopics, I think it's going to be on the top end. I mean, it was able what to I've seen so far. It was able to knock Tom Cruise out of the number one spot at the box office. Did it? Yeah. Just barely. Oh. Uh, um, but then again, there's also a lot of original hardcore Elvis fans still alive. So, I mean, yeah. there's also that, too. Uh, in response, Tom Cruise released a statement saying he's all shook up. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> oh. Are you both Elvis fans? Would you both watch Elvis on, on the merits of it being Elvis? I wouldn't say I'm an Elvis fan fan i'm more of a biopic fan okay yeah i like like i didn't really know anything about johnny cash before i watched walk the line so and it didn't it probably didn't inhibit you from liking that movie did it no no brian do you like elvis at all did he make your rotation among your pop your like punk music as a kid they don't own anything elvis fair enough (laughs) i i do not turn it off Mm mm-hmm I will not turn it off if I like have the radio on and an Elvis song comes on. I will not turn it off. Mm-hmm. If someone's playing Elvis, I will not ask for it to be turned off. But I do not seek Elvis myself. The only the only Elvis I own, and I'm pretty sure it's on there, is mm-hmm. the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack with a little yeah. less conversation. I'm pretty and, sure and that's not even a, the original, the remix. Yeah, the, the remix. Yeah. The uh, I think it's DJ Junkie XL. I think. That's uh, it. That's exactly it. Um, I have that on vinyl. That's the only Elvis oh. I own. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fair. It's, it's, yeah. it's where you. 
That's where I'm at. I had an I had an aunt who firmly believed that he was alive and kicking and would attend every Elvis impersonator she could because she knew one of these days it'd be the real one. Well, I I said to uh, a uh, somebody at the convention this weekend who's like, "Yeah, I'm going to Vegas to get married by Elvis." I was like, "No, you're not." They just put a whole <laughs> they just put a whole kibosh on the whole Elvis impersonator wedding thing. Wait, like did you, they really? Yeah, you cannot get married by an Elvis impersonator in Vegas anymore. Is it because of this movie? Why? What happened? Uh, I'm guessing part of it has to do with this movie, but the other oh. part of it is just the estate was like, yeah, uh, the the wedding thing is a no go. Like they have to be performing to be an actual Elvis impersonator, otherwise they owe us money. This is a so, bridge too far. Yeah, fair. Anyway, uh, it's a shame I didn't know that. Anyway, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge, right? So here we go. So Moulin Rouge, 2001 movie. Directed by, written and directed by Baz Luhrmann, stars Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, John Leguizamo. Also stars Jim Broadbent in arguably his best role ever. But also Ozzy Osbourne is in it. Uh, this movie is something that has been a major part of my life for a while. Uh, we listened to this soundtrack in the car as a family driving to and from school. I could... I'm one of the few people that probably knows 90% of the words to Lady Marmalade, which doesn't make me incredibly proud, but whatever. Put a pin in this. Hold, go. Like, we I want to hear it now. No, go. I want to hear it now. <laughs> she met Marmalade down in Old Moulin Rouge, strutting her stuff on the street. He said, hello. Hey, Joe. Got to give it a go. Hey, sister. Soul sister. Got to get that flow, sister. Okay. Uh, it, and it That's goes a, on from there. But, I'm not going to torture you anymore, but that that was... <laughs> That was something magical. Um, so yeah, I have seen this movie when it first came out. My dad was absolutely obsessed with it. So it was a pretty much staple in our household, watching it as an adult and showing it to people as an adult. I feel like it's the olive of movies where there are people who will watch it. Everyone who watches it will have an opinion. Some of those will love it. Some of those will hate it. It just comes with the territory. The movie is paced incredibly, incredibly crazily. Uh, and, and has is notorious for its quick edits and cuts, but it's a movie that I've kind of grown up with, and, and I'm you know I kind of know what I'm getting into when I get into it. Ryan, you've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything. Well, I I want to say that I saw this in theaters, that I was dragged to the theaters to see this movie, <laughs> but I do not remember. But it probably did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had it on VHS. We had it on DVD. Um, I liked the music from it when I was younger, so I owned the soundtrack to it. Yeah. Um, it was on rotation at the house. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've, I haven't really watched it that much recently. Um, it's been a while since I've actually seen it, which I'll get into some of the things I noticed this time watching it compared to mm-hmm. when I was younger. But yeah, no, I'm. I'm in. I'm one of those people that really liked it when I first saw it. Great. So now for the big one, Alan, this is your first time seeing it, correct? You've never seen this movie before. Correct. What did you think? Okay. So before I get into that, I need to tell you a story. Okay. I, I had to rent this to watch it. So I asked my wife, Hey, I'm renting this movie. Do you want to watch it with me? She's like, no, I, I, I don't like that movie. It's like, Oh, you've seen it. She's like, I stopped watching it part way through. She couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. And I started watching the movie and immediately I knew where she turned it off. Uh, and I said to her, I paused it. I was like, I know exactly where you turned this off. It was either here or here. And it was like within like a 10 second gap. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's probably where I turned it off. I did not turn it off. I kept watching it. And I told you guys I did something that I haven't done for this show before. I watched mm-hmm. this movie twice since... Not only that, I've listened to the soundtrack like the whole way through, top to bottom, <laughs> in the last 48 hours. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. So I enjoyed so you, it. You hated it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sucked. <laughs> uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot to talk about with this. Yeah. Um, because the, there's a lot of editing cho- choices to talk about. There's casting choices that are questionable, especially by today's standards. Um, yeah. But, and there's some Star Wars trivia to talk about too. 
So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I kind of want to go see it on Broadway now. Also, Ryan, we're going to have to talk about that because I know that on that someone in your household has seen it on Broadway and I my wife went to go see it. Yes. Yes. I I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to out your wife for having seen it, but I I do want to talk about what she had, uh, what she had experienced during it, but let's talk about film first. So one of the things that becomes most obvious fastest about this movie is it's insane frenetic pace. It's, it's kind of weird, almost like not quite made for humans editing. Uh, my, I mean, within the first, what, five minutes of the movie, you get Ewan McGregor inventing the soundtrack to The Sound of Music, and then you end up getting Slughorn from Harry Potter shouting can-can at you over top of an army of people singing Smells Like Teen Spirit. So it's that kind of movie. Do you guys like that? Were the edits, like, fun for you? Were they too much? Did it ever make you uncomfortable? Because I've heard the whole gamut. You know, on paper, everything you just said sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But somehow it works. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is like my first note here is very chaotic and I am not high enough for this opening. Um, (laughs) Kind of. So it does a lot like it. It is so chaotic and it's not just the editing choices that they make. It's the filming techniques that they're using because they do kind of like a pop-up book type thing. Like it's layers upon layers and the camera goes through everything and everything's morphing and changing side sizes. And it, for 2001, it looks really good still Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's not really CGI. It's, it is CGI, but it's not super, it doesn't rely on the computer graphics as much as, just the way like it's surrealism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it messes with frame rates a lot, um, which is why you get a lot of the slow motion and like choppiness of some of the scenes. Um, yeah. It, like technically, technically, technical, what technically wise speaking, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot going on here just yeah. for the edit on the editing side of things. Yeah, Ryan, did you have a problem with the editing and the and like the pace no, of it? No? The uh the, the editing fixed the music. Mm-hmm. The editing fits the music. And it goes hand in hand. If you didn't have the song selection with with the tempo that it had, then then the, the editing to me would get in the way. Yeah. But everything meshes together. And mm-hmm. to be honest, like, this was my introduction. Like, see, this came out in 2001. Yeah. So I was like 15, 16 years old. And this was my like introduction to be like, Oh, I, I like musicals. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, like that's how that went for me, uh, was, was, you know, this movie, but just like, uh, now I forget which one of you said it where like in the first five minutes you have, you know, all of these different things going on to where you get to in a slughorn yelling in your face to do the can-can. And it, one thing I noticed watching it this time, I feel like my perception of the edits was slower when I was younger compared to now, because I was watching that whole sequence Mm -hmm. and everything that I thought I was like, every single edit I felt like when I was younger compared to now was like a half second longer. Oh, really? It was really weird. Like when I was a teenager, I remember being able to watch this and being like and and like not thinking it was going too quickly uh-huh. and being able to like take in the scenery of everything. Mm-hmm. Watching it this time, everything was going by so quickly. So part of me wonders. And I, it's been a while since I've watched anything at your house, Ryan. Part of me wonders if that has to do with the refresh rate on your TV. Oh, because I was going to just say, what if we're getting old? I just chopped it up to an age thing. Yeah, it might be an age thing. It might be a technical thing. It might be something like, did you stream this or did you have it on DVD? No, DVD. DVD. Yeah. This is one of Kristen's favorite movies. Yeah. So we have it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I told her about it. I watched it last night and I told her like, oh, we're watching 
you know, uh, we're watching Moulin Rouge uh, for the show. Just want to watch with me. And she just stopped what she was doing. She looked at me and she goes, you're doing Moulin Rouge. Why didn't you tell me we could have watched this like over the weekend? <laughs> I was like, I, I told her, I was like, I thought I did tell you. And she was like, well, put it on. I was like, okay. <laughs> Do it now. What are you, what are you waiting yeah. for? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty uh. much how it was. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I... I guess at some point we're going to have to talk about the music. I mean, the music, because it's a musical. So we'll have to talk about the music. Yeah. Um, my guess is that you all like the music. Were, Alan, were you expecting this to be a essentially jukebox musical slash mashup musical? Did you know that? I knew it was to an extent. And I know it's not mm-hmm. all jukebox stuff. No. I knew I knew it was some of some of it was a jukebox because I had seen clips of Ewan McGregor singing uh, your song and right. the sound of music. Um, I did not expect some of the songs that are in this to be in it. I straight up forgot Lady Marmalade was from this <laughs> <laughs> for a second. It's like, oh yeah, that's why that song was a thing. Yeah. Um, I did not expect Nirvana. I did not. There, there's a, there, there's a lot of things in here that, uh, I didn't expect musically. Um, Speaking of music, I I can tell you the two re- two moments that made my wife turn this mo- this movie off. Were they music related? They were music related. Tell uh, me. The first was Nirvana. Because so she didn't get far. She did not get far at all. Uh, the oh. second, it gets even. It's not like it's not even that much further. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Oh yeah, there was the same sequence. Yeah, same sequence. Um, oh. Now, my question for you guys is, have you seen Gentlemen Prefer Blondes? Never. Okay. Have you, Ryan? I want to say I've never heard of that before, but it sounds familiar. It's Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Okay. So that'll be on my list whenever that Mm -hmm. uh, Marilyn Monroe with Ana de Armas comes out. That'll be my Uh, pick. It's a Marilyn movie. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to because I um, I genuinely haven't seen anything Marilyn Monroe ever. Yeah, so we'll have we'll, we will definitely be doing that in the near future. Uh, that movie's called Blonde, and it releases. Why can't they just put the release date at the top of the IMDb page? <laughs> it's got to be at the bottom. September twenty third. It is at the top. I just didn't see it. So oh. we'll be we'll be doing that in September. Um, Perfect. But other than that, there are some music. Uh, music moments that caught me off guard. Okay. I, one of my favorite songs is in this. I didn't know it was in it. So it caught me completely off guard and that's David Bowie's heroes. Yes. <laughs> like I, like this more, like this movie just made me go to work today, listening to every version of heroes that I could find <laughs> on Apple music. Um, so I, that completely caught me off guard. And from that point on, I was like, I don't care how crazy this is. I'm in. Um, so that was the craziest, that was the one thing I did not know is like just the level of melodies that were in here, uh, Mm -hmm. with with all these, uh, pop hits. Ryan, how, how do you think that it aged as far as, cause I know that you knew it's a pop musical or a kind of jukeboxing musical that's not new for you, but did any of the songs like, cause you said you listened to the soundtrack when you were younger, did any of them like become more of your favorite now? Did they change over time? Or is it kind of like, I've always liked this song and it's my favorite. Hey, I, I take it as a whole. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, my favorite song in this is not a mashup or like, you know, like it, it it's uh, the one Elton John song. Um, your song? Your song. Like that's one of my favorite songs ever. Mm. And for it to be in this as a whole, pretty much makes me happy. So I'd probably say like, that's probably my favorite out of all mm-hmm. of this. Then I would have to say Roxanne. Yeah. Oh, that's um, on slaps. 
and then it. everything else is just in third place, but it's all pretty much even. I mean, it's I kind of take this movie as one giant song. Okay. Is pretty much how I look at it. Can we talk about Roxanne for a second? Yes, please. Devin, how much of community have you gotten through? Three seasons. Have you seen the the chaos theory episode with the I must game? not have. Redeemable no. chaos theory, I think is what it's called. Where they roll the no, dice I in each time. It's the darkest timeline episode. Oh, then no, I haven't seen that one okay. yet. No. Ryan and I were having this conversation this weekend. Roxanne plays a part in that whole episode. Like the, oh. the begin. So the whole set premise of the episode is they roll the dice as he goes down to get the pizza. And then each, mm-hmm. each outcome of the dice is a different universe. And you get to see each one of these. And at the beginning oh. of it, Roxanne starts playing and Jeff uh-huh. says to Britta, no, like stop singing. Like, and so that, that plays out through that whole episode. And oh, that's wow. all I could think of when I was watching this and they started doing Roxanne. <laughs> then no, I definitely didn't make the season three because it's only four episodes in. So I must yeah. have just finished two. Highly but recommend I, that I now episode. need to watch that. Yeah. Cause I, I like that song. I love the song in this movie. I love how they use yeah. Roxanne there. Yeah. Also, all day, annoyingly, I have been singing the lyrics to the pitch, which is just the stupidest thing for me to be singing, but I love it. The sing it, sing it for us. Like just a spectacular, spectacular. No words in the vernacular can describe this great event. You'll be done with wonderment. Like just all of yeah. that. Like I've just been doing that to my dog, just like cooking, doing this. Oh, it's so st- and that's like all I know from it, by the it, way. Like I don't it, know the whole thing. It baffles me that that's not on the original soundtrack for this. It's on the 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 second volume of the soundtrack. What? Yeah. Ugh, that's so fun. I just put it all at once. Like I guess CDs had a limited space back then, and you couldn't just drop an album on iTunes. That what, makes sense. What, whatever. <laughs> you're, you're also talking 2001, so you're looking at the limit depending on song length to be like 20 maybe 22 24 songs if it's you know condensed but yeah. yeah i think i i think there was only 14 or 15 songs on the original album yeah i didn't look that up before the show but yeah i i just hope you have that memory i like hope that's true i mean i mean alan's right 15. that it's was 15. not on the oh well. yeah so yeah. Alan was right. That song is not on the original soundtrack mm-hmm. um, because then, 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 because now that I'm thinking back to it, like it, it was all of the like you put it on at a party, like it's all music you can kind of you know be yeah. upbeat too. Like it's none of the actual like what I would consider classical musical type music where it's you sure. know the actors. It's like singing and then a, a line and then singing and then another line. Like there, none of that made it. None of that made it to the first album. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I I get it. I understand why that was a thing. But I just, I think I like that song too much for me to be like, okay with them excluding it. I would dance to that at a party is what I'm saying. Hmm. Noted. Perfect. Perfect. My On the next, next one. My next, my next playlist. So what did you guys think of the overall plot of it? Because what happens with me every time I watch this movie is I'll watch the beginning of it. I'll go, it's all right. And then once like the play starts taking shape once, you know, the drama kind of really kicks in. That's when I like stop and watch. And I'm like, yes, this is why I like this movie. I mean, having seen some other Baz Luhrmann stuff Mm -hmm. uh, like Romeo and Juliet or Romeo plus Juliet. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Uh, It it seems like they, and knowing what other films he's done, it seems like he has an obsession with star cross cross lovers. So you got Romeo Mm -hmm. and Juliet. You've got this, the great Gatsby. And I can only assume Elvis is about his love, like Elvis Presley and his love of peanut butter and bacon sandwiches and that, <laughs> and how that worked out for him. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but no, I like the story is pretty straightforward. I think if you look at it from a love story, like for yeah. perspective, um, guy meets girl guy falls in love with girl. Guy loses girl. Guy throws money at her on stage and calls her a whore in front of everyone, in front of all of Paris, and she dies. That part gets me every time. I I don't hate you and McGregor. He is my special little boy. I hate him every time he does that, and I know it's coming every time. But then he's like, "I've paid for my whore." I'm like, "You stop!" Like I get really actually mad at him. 
But at the same time, you're you're seeing a whole another side of the story that he's completely unaware of. Like oh he, yeah. He doesn't know that she is lying to protect him. Uh he doesn't know that she's dying. Uh mm-hmm. he's like completely in the dark on a whole bunch of stuff. And like it makes that like watching it, it makes that scene hard to watch. Like it mm-hmm. is cringy, but it's like but also like I feel for the guy because that's what he oh, thinks yeah. is going on. Well, it makes it tragic in that way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not necessarily like I, I'm mad at him because he's dumb, but I know where he's coming from. But like it's tragic because yeah, she, she tries. I, I think that's the other thing that Boslerman is attracted to is tragedies because yeah. Romeo plus Juliet, this, the great mm-hmm. Gatsby. Uh, I don't think Elvis has a happy ending. Um, oh, thanks, to that, thanks to that peanut butter bacon sandwich. Um, <laughs> like it's a tragic love story. And I yeah. think that if you look at the, his filmography, there's a lot of that going on there. Um, spoilers. That's interesting. For the, I never saw that. <laughs> spoilers for the great Gatsby. <laughs> I mean, I never really thought of it that way, but I think you're right. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Brian, you good? Yeah, sorry. I was just, I had a thought and I was researching something. Real okay. Oh, well, tell me. What's up? Okay, so um, one of the things that Kristen and I were talking about after we watched the movie, because I, I, I didn't know if this was based off a book or if it was a musical and it was turned into a movie or what, how all of that went. But it was a book first. And it was, it was something that I remember my dad telling me about and it fits the narrative of the storyline being set in Paris in like at the turn of the uh what was it seven eighteenth ninth twentieth century whatever nineteen hundred mm-hmm. um and a lot of French stories uh that were written during like around the French uh, around the French revolution and prior almost always had bad endings as far as we'd be concerned. Uh-huh. You would have uh, the lovers would never have their end, you know, would never have a happy ending. Um, the person who, who, you know, you were rooting for to change things would never end things and was often killed off. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a book and I couldn't find the name of the original book where this narrative plays out and it's very close to what this movie is. But there was an actual book called the Moulin Rouge that was published mm-hmm. in 1950. So I, yeah. I can yeah. help you, Ryan. So the book that you're talking about is called La Vie, La Vie de Bohème. It is scenes of Bohemian life. Uh, it is a nine. I mean, it ended up being a 1992 movie, but it was originally the book was published in 1851. Okay. This connection I knew about before I watched Moulin Rouge. Um, and it almost—I almost don't love bringing it up because there is one other musical that is also based on this play. There, this book that I hate with a fiery passion. Alan, I bet you know what it is. What is do it, you think it is? Is it by Tick Tick Booms Jonathan Larson? It is by Tick Tick Booms Jonathan Larson. Rent is also based on this book. So, both took the same starting point. One of them went a great direction. One of them was Rent. Uh, okay, so there are issues with Rent. I will give you that. There are issues with <laughs> Rent the film. I will give you that. Yes. How, I I feel like the stage adaptation in 1996 wasn't as bad as you make it out to be. Rent is Hamilton, essentially. Yeah. It For its time, it was very revolutionary. It had its problems, but it's the first time that those types of things have been put yeah. in front of a an audience in that capacity. It was great. It was revolutionary. I now have the, the great fortune of being in 2022, looking back at it and going, you could have done more. And the same way that Hamilton has gotten crap as well. I get yeah. it. I totally do. I just, you know, I'll, it, it's like Kiss from a Rose. I'll just die on this hill. <laughs> Another thing that I own on vinyl. Um, disgusting. You know, it's it's fun. Disgusting. It's funny that you bring up Kiss from a Rose because uh, <laughs> Nicole Kidman is in Batman Forever and is in this. And you know, I've got I've got I've got a visual aid. Costume's not much <laughs> different. No. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hold on. So while we're talking about Nicole Kidman, 
Yeah. There is a fun fact about this movie with Nicole Kidman. I don't know how much about the production you guys know about this movie. This is infamous with this movie. So filming was halted for two weeks in 1999 when this happened because Nicole Kidman fractured two ribs and injured her knee during a dance routine for this movie. Most of her shots were only of her from the chest up because she was literally filming in a wheelchair, which is bananas for me. This also caused her to miss out on another um, another movie, and I forget what it was, but she was set up for another movie and couldn't be in it because she injured herself in this movie, which makes me feel incredibly bad. I want to know okay. what that movie was now. Oh, let me see. Let me find I kinda, it quick. I kind of want to go back and rewatch it and see if I can figure out when she's in a wheelchair and when she's not. It's it's every time you see basically just chest up on her is essentially every time it's chest up, she's in a wheelchair. And then every time she's not, we were able to get like a full body shot of her. But like, it's almost consistently that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then also another fun fact, while this movie was filming, it had to move sound stages in the middle of filming because another it it because of the two weeks that it got pushed back, ran into production on another movie. Do we have any guesses what that movie is? It's related. I promise there's a common actor. It's okay. not that hard to guess. Oh, is it, is there's a common actor? It's, is it yeah. Attack of the Clones? It was Attack of the Clones. Yeah. They were filming on in the same soundstage. This one had to get pushed. And then they did uh, they did reshoots while Ewan McGregor was filming Attack of the Clones, which I, hate, I absolutely love. I hate His beard hats. was fake. <laughs> Whose beard? Wait, what did you and McGregor's beard was fake then. No, oh, it was. Yeah. Wait, what? I thought no. it was. No. If, no, 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 no. If you and McGregor is shooting Moulin Rouge and shooting Clone Wars at the same time, mm-hmm. or at Attack of the Clones, his beard in episode two is fake. I would. Well, I'm sorry. If I, <laughs> it, no, if I was your McGregor's agent, this is what I would do. I would make sure that there is a stipulation that he gets a break in between production to go to to rest up between pictures and grow mm-hmm. the, grow the beard. Um, Depending on how fast but, he grows facial hair, that could be a while. But they they could have. I need I need to look at Obi Wan and uh. I'm, I, I I will I, give I it to like, you. Like, I will give it to you that they they have the he has a wig on because that that mullet's not working for Obi Wan. And spoilers okay. for Obi spoilers for Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi, it doesn't work in the flashbacks either. Um, <laughs> so no, Ewan McGregor grew a real beard to film Attack of the Clones, but he did not have a beard when he returned to film the pickup scenes and shots. His beard was CG'd in for the pickup scenes and shots. Okay. Like there that, we go. That that's so, wait, they CG they CGI'd on a beard. I can't why you not? Know, you know what? And it wasn't as noticeable as Superman's was. Or Superman's lack of mustache was. George Lucas, man. Yeah, that's that's the power of Lucas. Okay, well, I, so. I think I think removing a beard and adding a beard are two different things. I think you're hundred percent right though. Yeah. I think yeah. What were you gonna say, Ryan? So the Green Fairy. Yes. I recognized her immediately. I didn't recognize her at all. Who is she? Kylie Minogue. I wanted to get back on topic. <laughs> to get back on t- <laughs> what is Kylie? Who is Kylie Minogue? Okay. You know, you, you're you know- living in Britain and you don't know who that is. No, I'm the worst Brit. Okay. You've watched Doctor Who, right? Yes. The Titanic episode with David Tennant. Oh, that was her. That's her. She's also oh. she's also the artist who's saying can't get you out of my head. La, oh, wow. La, la, oh. La, yeah, that. Do you know who the voice of the scream was for the Green Fairy? Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. I, I also have IMDb up in front of me. That's all I know. That was, that was the fact. We nailed it, guys. <laughs> okay. So I feel like at this point I have to start talking about Kristen's experience at the actual Broadway show. Please, Please. I'm curious. Okay, so, so yeah. I'll start I'll start with the I'll start with the absence scene. Okay, with yeah. Green Fairy. Yeah. So that scene, so in the movie, 
can, can, and then the movie starts. Okay. Okay. Did I like tweak out there? You, did, for a yeah. you absolutely did, and it was it was a perfect time but, for it. But we're with you. Just keep going. Yeah. Okay. So, um, instead of happening on Broadway, ins- instead of them doing the Green Fairy before going to mm-hmm. the Moulin Rouge, it happens after. Okay. After the elephant, when mm-hmm. like everything works and you know he's on as the writer the party at the end is basically him and his friends his new friends drinking mm-hmm. the green fairy is satine oh in the movie the green fairy is just the green fairy and they right. kylie minogue to to play it but on on the stage they have it that it's satine because christian's seen the green fairy after drinking oh, the absence that makes sense so that's yeah. cool. You know, like I, I like the way that works out. I can almost see that because there was a split second when I was watching the movie where I thought the green fairy was Nicole Kidman mm. for a second. It's like, no, I yeah. think that's somebody else. Oh, that's Kylie Minogue. Okay. <laughs> um, and then for the second thing, and this is going to be something big that actually we were watching the movie and Kristen was telling me this one specific thing that they elaborate on the stage play that actually makes a lot of sense for the film. So uh, John Wick was almost character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you notice how like after the initial opening of the movie, he's always drunk and always yeah. like crying. Yeah. So on the stage play, they make it and they do a lot of background on the stage play. So Satine and uh, his character meet as kids, as newly homeless or, um, orphans. Oh, so that's how they know each other. That's how John Wick was almost character mm. and Satine know each other. That they know each other from kids. He helped her learn how to survive on the streets before wow. she got the job at the Moulin Rouge and before he got a job there too. Um, he fell in love with her, but never told her. And he and he lost. He feels that he lost his chance with Satine. So when he saw that Christian was falling in love with Satine, he figured the best thing he could do was help Christian not make the same mistake he did. Oh, wow. I really like that. So when you go back and watch Moulin Rouge the movie, there's a lot of scenes where like Christian and Satine are together for really the first time and they have their first, you know, like alone time. He's crying, looking at the elephant. And there are scenes where, like, John Wick was almost character is, like, torn. Like, if you look at the scenes that he's watching, when they show him being drunk and upset, it has to do with Satine and Christian or Satine having to, like, backstab Christian to save him. Like, it, like, that fits in the film. It's just never very cool. I, I, part of me wonders if they cut that out of the film because Nicole Kidman was married to Tom Cruise at the time. <laughs> I wonder. And Tom Cruise so, is a short man. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now um the character on the Broadway play um is of normal height. Oh, okay. Oh they so John keep that. So John Leguizamo could play him on Broadway <laughs> today. <laughs> so so um I uh, so <laughs> Honestly, I looked at it as this was a prequel to Super Mario Brothers, and then in the actual Super Mario Brothers movie, he just <laughs> ate a mushroom. <laughs> oh. Well, something no, else I found, um, the book Moulin Rouge, yeah, mm-hmm. or the one that you mentioned, uh, Devin, yeah. um, they showed a picture of the artist that, that was that Christian, the character that Christian's based on. That character mm-hmm. in the book is based on an actual artist from France, and I saw the picture of him on Wiki, if it's correct. And mm-hmm. yeah, he looks like John Wake was almost character from in the movie. Oh, well, that's cool um, that they based him so closely. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's that. But and then there's this other thing that I want to talk about. Uh-huh. And, and it has to do with Roxanne. The Roxanne Good. musical number mm-hmm. on the stage play is mm-hmm. just Christian. Oh. There's no dance number. The Argentinian is not singing, which to her, which to Kristen's disappointment, because she likes the more raspy voice for the song. Me too. But the guy who plays Christian and 
it was his last weekend doing the performance when she went to go like see it mm-hmm. um she did he did an amazing job there's no negative there it was just when it comes to the movie she likes the movie version better than she liked the stage play but the stage play is you know it's a better experience <laughs> it's a better <laughs> so for musical theater nerds christian in uh in moulin rouge is aaron Tveit, who is a broadway gem i love everything he does i've seen him in next to normal i've seen him in my goodness, I've seen him in something else, but he is an absolute gem. But he's also done some TV. So he's, you know, he's acted in a few things. Um, and, and they and they put Moulin, uh, the director, producers behind Moulin Rouge on stage, specifically mm-hmm. wanted him for the role of Christian. And it was written for him. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I can see it. He's he one sounds, of my Broadway heroes. Like it's when you listen to to uh um and mcgregor and you listen to his voice and then you listen to his like he's definitely the better singer yeah but they have very similar voices when it comes to singing voices they're both these like beautiful clear tenors i'll stick with tenor (laughs) (laughs) i'll call them beautiful and clear i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, how was it weird for you guys to see you and McGregor sing? Was that weird? No, no. I mean, he sings to me every night in my dreams. So no. <laughs> <laughs> this was honestly. Mm-hmm. This was even though I, I had seen obviously I'd seen the prequels. I had mm-hmm. seen the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I had not seen the movie that you and McGregor got his start from got his like mainstream start from i forget what the name of it now the is it train, big train 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 spotting i had not seen train spotting yet i had seen the phantom menace mm-hmm. but this was the movie that i was like oh so that's ewan mcgregor that's obi-wan kenobi mm. that's the guy that my friends talk about from train spotting like this was the movie that made me recognize ewan mcgregor got it so to me like honestly when he's not singing i feel weird uh it wasn't weird for me because i had seen beauty and the beast and he's uh gaston in that is he yeah he sings uh be our guest oh yeah oh not gaston uh lumiere Lumiere. Lumiere. yeah yeah i don't know i forgot i forgot that was him live action yeah Yeah. he's lumiere that's right that's right that's right that's right he was he was i'm sorry just Just looking at Ewan McGregor's IMDb, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that Obi-Wan Kenobi is not in his known for. Really? It's Moulin Rouge, Train Spotting, Train Spotting 2, (laughs) and August Osage County. I've never heard of that, ever. It's a film adaptation of a play that start. (laughs) Listen to this cast. Um... Meryl Streep, Dermot Maroney, Julia Roberts, Juliette Lewis, Chris Cooper, Ewan McGregor, Margot Margan, Martindale, Sam Shepard, Abigail Benson, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, there's a lot of people in that. This is amazing. I need to watch this movie now. And then I need to counteract Devin's reaction to that, to me just going, eh. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but this is one of the things I like about you, Devin, because we can play off each other. Exactly. This happens every time. Alan reads off a really heavy, a, a, you know, a, a, a list cast. Mm-hmm. And you're all excited and pumped up. And I'm just like, great. So there's no money for creativity. That that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I would watch two hours of those individuals standing in a room, sipping the whiskey they brought with them, not no. saying a word, just uncomfortable <clears throat> every with, couple minutes. I'll we'll be happy with the trailer plays <laughs> playing right now in the background. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's most of the movie. Um, <laughs> I hope it is. All right. Final thoughts on, on Moulin Rouge. I like this movie. I won't always seek this movie out, but in the one time every year and a half, couple months, it pops up. I'm happy to see it. I feel like, I mean, this movie's great. I love it. But Mm -hmm. if if there's one thing I had to critique it, and Mm -hmm. it's something that they 
critiqued in the stage play, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like how weaselly the Duke is. Like, I feel mm. like it's a bit too weaselly. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's a really sort uh, the the movie's really surreal. So his character has to be that weaselly because everything's over the top. Mm-hmm. The, but like in the stage play, he's just more of like a. a th- uh, he has his personality is more overbearing than it is weaselly. OK, that makes more sense, though. So. I will probably listen to the soundtrack to this more than I will ever watch it again in my life uh, because I'm good for a while. I'll probably watch clips here and there, but I enjoyed this. I'd go check it out on Broadway. Uh, Devin, let me know when you're coming into town again. Maybe we can work something out. Oh, that would be amazing. I'm on board. Um, One thing I recommend, Alan, Uh if you like like it that much, I highly recommend listening to uh, to, to the Broadway soundtrack. I'll, I'll get, because I'm, the music's I, different too. I've been meaning to give it a listen. Um, yeah, I'll, I might give it a shot, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. I I think that does it for our. Oh wait, I have something Baz Luhrmann related that came up today that I forgot to talk about. What is it? Um, so just before the show, I saw a news story that had Baz Luhrmann's name in it, and it has to do with another one of his films we haven't talked about tonight because I've never seen it. It has to do with his film Australia. That came out in oh. 2008 with Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. and Hugh Jackman. Uh, Boz Lerman is heading back to Australia, an expanded and reimagined version of the 2008 film, which starred Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman, will debut on Hulu in the U.S. this winter. Uh, the six-part limited series titled Far Away Downs will feature footage from the movie, as well as an expanded serialized version of the story with a new ending and updated soundtrack. What? Uh, yeah. So this is a quote from uh, Boz Lerman. I originally set out to take the notion of the sweeping gun with the wind style epic and turn it on its head, a way of using romance and epic drama to shine a light on the roles of the first nations people and painful scar and Australian history from the stolen generations. While Australia, the film has its own life, there was another telling of this story, one with different layers, nuances, and even alternative plot twists and an episodic format has allowed us to explore that. Drawn from the same material as Faraway Downs is a new variation on Australia for audience to, audiences to discover. So pretty much he's taking his film, expanding it, and making it more Boz Lerman-y. Wow. Did... Did anybody like Australia? Anyone? I think Hugh Jackman didn't like it so much that he moved away from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think it just met like mediocre reviews. It wasn't anything special. Let me look here and see what I can find. Because I, I think I remember this movie being pitched to me and maybe this was my dad doing it. But somebody went, this movie is going to be the next Indiana Jones. And I went, nothing is the next Indiana Jones. I never want to see it. And for that reason, I have never seen this movie and hold the weirdest like little kid grudge against it that I've ever had. It has a 6.6 on IMDb. Uh, its plot here is set in the set in North Australia before World War II. An English woman who inherits a sprawling ranch uh, reluctantly packs with a stockman in order to drive 2,000 head of cattle over unforgiving landscapes. It's, oh. it, it sounds like something you would see at Epcot. Yeah, but it does, though. It, it sounds like almost nothing. Like, um, it, I don't know. Like, I'm curious how much of a Boz Lerman spin this has if he's going back and adding like different sequences and different things to it, it feels like he's just putting more of his spice on it. The movie's already two hours and 45 minutes. Like that's three episodes of like a mini series anyway. So is he only adding another three hours or something like that? Yeah. Wow. Or, or one episode of stranger things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so. The only, the only Australian 
thing I've ever really cared about is the movie Reckless Kelly that came out in 1993. Don't know that one. Do I need to make you watch Kangaroo Jack? (laughs) No, I I have seen Kangaroo Jack, and I'm telling you right now, I saw Reckless Kelly when I was like 10, and it's basically an Australian comedy about the Australian version of like their like Robin Hood, but no. set in like the early nineties in Australia. And he comes to America. Got it. <laughs> uh, okay. Neat. So I think that does it for our Moulin Rouge uh, topic. Mm-hmm. Now we've got some exciting things planned for the rest of this week, uh, this weekend, but uh, time to be announced later. Devin and I will be doing a, another watch party. We'll be watching mm-hmm. just in time for the American Independence Day. We're going to be watching a little film called Independence Day. <laughs> uh, so if you wanted to join us, um, you can do that on our Scener, mm-hmm. which is in the, the Twitch chat right now. That's, oh, that's not, that's not right. I, I forgot we already had a, a keystroke that was watch. Anyway, go to our yeah. Facebook page and you'll be able to find the link to our senior page where you will see you'll be able to join Devin and I to watch mm-hmm. Independence Day. All you need to join us is an HBO Max subscription. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, we will probably be releasing this one as a audio commentary. So you can watch Independence Day along with us on Independence Day if you would like. Now. Next week is my pick, and mm-hmm. Independence Day is July 4th. Our next show is July 5th. So I think it is only fitting that on the sequel to Ju- July 4th, we watch the sequel to Independence Day, which is Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> uh, I'm, so, I'm, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this movie, Alan. I have not seen it since opening night. And I am, I am, that was six years ago. So. And I re and I clearly remember your reaction, your initial reaction to it. I might might have to go back and pull the clips. I think we talked about it on the show that week. Um, But yeah, so we'll be talking about Independence Day resurgence next week. Uh, So tune in for that. We will be live on all of our, we'll be live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also find You Have to Watch This Podcast the next day on your wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit our website, uh, rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com forward slash You Have to Watch This Pod. Um, until next time, it's nice having both of you here. This, this has been great. Oh. We're going to do a few weeks of the three of us all together, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then I go on vacation. So, uh, but until next time for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I don't, I don't know. Devin, just, just end it with some lady mod, my lord. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Okay. I, I, I'm now nervous for it. Okay. Oh, uh, God. Would she spectacular, spectacular? Oh, wait, Ryan, what's their thing? The, the truth, love, and beauty or something? Uh, was it truth, freedom, love, and beauty? That's it. That's it. That's what we're ending on. Truth, freedom, love, and beauty. See you next week.